Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. <laughs> That's, That's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number one super guy. Bow, bow. Fantastic. <laughs> Mo, your, your sense of enthusiasm this week, I have to say, is uh, inspiring. Oh, is it? <laughs> does, it sound no, like I'm, does it sound like I'm overcompensating? Because I am. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like the world has beaten you down. Oh, you have nothing. no idea, brother. You have no <laughs> idea. Well, I don't mean to laugh at your misfortune. <laughs> you but do. Here I yes, am. you do, because you're an <laughs> asshole. Uh, folks, we are back on the uh, latest episode of No Budget Nightmares. It's been a little while. It's actually been delayed slightly for a variety of reasons, for, some of them my fault. And some of them mine. Right. So we, uh, we'll take equal blame on it. And uh, we should mention at the top of the show, which is where we are right this very second, <laughs> that uh, because it's been a little while since, uh, since we were planning on recording and now that we are recording, we may have forgotten things about the movie being covered today. Like everything about Not the movie. necessarily everything. We have I, notes. I, look, this, this is the second time I've seen this movie, and I still <laughs> cannot remember half of what happened in it, which is really sad because I loved this movie. I, I mean, again, I, I hate to give away our, our thoughts <laughs> like we do in every episode. We do it every episode, so who cares at this point? We should mention, this uh, episode is covering the... I guess 2006 movie, Order of One, uh, sometimes called Order of One Kung Fu Killing Spree. Which I, is actually, I always call it Order of One Kung Fu Killing Spree because, uh, frankly, I as well. frankly, the title Order of One is awful, but you add Kung Fu Killing Spree to the end of it, and it becomes awesome. Also, it's, uh, Kung Fu Killing Spree is a very accurate title because there is a Kung Fu Killing Spree in the movie. Word. Now, uh, this movie is available currently to watch legally for free on YouTube uh, through Chemical Burn Entertainment, sure uh, which is one of the reasons we chose it in the first place. Yep. And uh, so I do actually, uh, since we both loved it, I really enjoyed it a lot, actually. Uh, I do recommend anyone who hasn't seen it go out and do so right now. Uh, frankly, it probably is too good to be put on YouTube for free. Yo, uh, uh, that's, uh, yeah, exactly. But but it's a good thing that Chemical Burn did that, though, because, frankly, most of everything else that Chemical Burn puts out is pure shit. So <laughs> I don't want to be so uh, judgmental regarding yeah, but, well, but the fa- let me just say that they've burned, lot- they've burned me enough times. They've chemical <laughs> burned me enough times. <laughs> the thing about Chemical Burn is that they're one of the few distributors that are willing to uh, to put out no-budget and micro-budget movies like this. In fact, this one is of a significantly higher quality than most. Way better. Yeah. So, so you know, I give them kudos for that, but the fact is uh, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, let's put, let's put it this way. Let's, let's do this throwback and remind them this is the same company that also put, put out uh, uh, Junk Food Horror Fest. Oh, right. Scarlet Fries. And the thing is they do a very good job uh, often of, of doing, like, front cover art and things that don't necessarily reflect the quality of the movie. Yeah. Therein. But I guess that's that's the whole point, right? But that's that's the best part about exploitation films. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, we're not we're not ragging on Chemical Burn because they have put this out there for us to watch for free. And you might be thinking right now, listeners, if that was the case, if it was available to us to watch for free, why didn't we just take a few minutes and rewatch it before we recorded tonight? Because we are fools. Uh, we're busy. We're busy men, 
um, and and busy women in some cases. But um, wait, but whose not, case not, is that? Uh, uh, I don't know. Somebody's. <laughs> mine. <laughs> <laughs> After midnight, mine. Right. But uh, but we didn't have time to do that. But we did watch the movie, so you got to give us some credit. Oh my nuts! Oh my nuts! <laughs> um. The thing about Order of One is, and let's talk about this movie. Let's let's set it up a little bit before we jump into the discussion because sure. this is going to be a very awkward discussion. It's going to be really awkward because this movie's really dense. Yes, it, I think dense is probably the best. I mean, not like in a bad way. Not like dense, like it's you know, like slow or dull or stupid. It's but not even really confusing in terms of a plot. No, it's no, just, it's just so much happens that it's yes. kind of hard to keep track of everything that goes on. And there's a lot of characters. And yeah. Yeah. So it's – you know what? I, and this might make me sound like an asshole, but uh, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might sound like an asshole, but the movie it actually most reminded me of that we've covered so far on the show was actually Rock, Paper, Scissors. And not because of the similar quality. I don't think of it in that way. But just the fact that they obviously wanted to put as much shit into this movie as possible. Yeah. And they just put all of their ideas in. And that, I think, is actually kind of admirable for a micro-budget movie to... They just go ahead and say, you know what, we're just going to try it. And it might not look great in the final product, but there's going to be so much that when there's a bit that is, doesn't look that great, the next bit's going to make up for it. But that, but that's what's so good about it, though, yeah. is, is the fact that it's got that everything-in-the-kitchen-sink approach that uh, just makes the entire movie so much... At least, you got to say, at least it's not boring. No, and it, it you know what? You could never say it was boring no. because there's always something happening. Yeah. Not to mention, there's like five major fights, like kung fu fights in yeah. this movie uh, that are impressive. One of them takes place, I mean, we'll get to it, but one of them involves like lots of props and people getting kicked through walls and shit. And it's, it's I mean, it's really impressive. Yeah, the fight, the fight scenes in this are fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. They really are, and much better than, than really we have any right to expect. Really, the only thing that, that um, technically that I have an issue with in regards to this movie, I mean, there's some shaky acting. I mean, l- l- look where we fucking are, right? Right. Um, but the, the video quality, uh, well, I think it was... on the YouTube video. On yeah. the YouTube yeah, we should make a note of that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I own a DVD of this, mm-hmm. and the DVD looks fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, that is interesting, because I thought that uh, it was... The video quality, some of the contributing factors to it no. was that it was shot back in 2006 and maybe the digital quality wasn't as good. No, that's fine. Yeah, th- well, then there's no excuse. Chemical burn, how about you get – well, I guess now they've got us, right? Because we're <laughs> you can watch this shitty-looking version of a good movie and then go out and buy a good version exactly. of a good movie. Actually, you really should do that. I'm actually thinking of it because uh, this, uh, this shit is great. Yeah, I agree. Agreed. That's good. Agreed. We're, we're, we're starting with agreement this week. <laughs> I'm doing my best uh, Mike Merriman impression this week. I, uh-huh. I, agree yeah. with, I agree with what you said. You really summed it all up there. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> exactly. I love you, Mike. Um, uh, order much, of one. much love. Order of One is directed, uh, it says on the IMDb, even though some of the credits in this are a little confusing. And also, there are no closing credits on the version. On, which you know uh, we love. We love that. Which we, well, I mean, I've, I started out loving the closing credits. <laughs> I look forward to them. Uh, believe me, I look forward to them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this one doesn't really have it, so it's, it's, some of the credits might be a little shaky. But the director of Order of One is Jason Cavalier. And some people who are fans of no-budget cinema might actually recognize that name because he is usually the guy who is good at action 
action in movies that have no right to have someone good at action in them. <laughs> He's the Sean Gallimore of this of this film. He, you know what? That's a really great comparison yeah. point because he actually knows his shit and yeah. he is obviously I mean and he's he's he he's a stunt man. I mean he does legitimate stunt performing in things like Punisher Warzone and so one of the mummy sequels. I mean he's a real stunt guy. Mm. Um so I like the idea that a stunt man who probably couldn't for whatever reason get a leading role decided that well, I'm going to make my own movie. Yeah. Well, it's, he has it, his own production company. It's, it is really production. funny. I mean, when you think about it, and I, and I hate to, I hate to be the guy who who uses like looks for the basis of my thoughts, but be I, that it, guy. Man. But I, but in this particular case, you kind of have to because because he's you know he's not traditionally attractive. I don't. Th- I mean, oh, my voice got weirdly high. It and really defensive did. There for a it moment. really did. I Doug. don't think <laughs> that. Well, I don't think he's an unattractive man. I didn't say he was unattractive. I said Sounds he's like not. What you were saying. I said he's not traditionally attractive. I think his hair. He does have great hair, but his hair is kind of nineteen uh, eighties ish in this movie. But yeah. I think that's actually a stylistic choice on his part. I think. Yeah. But I. Th- I mean, you know. Hey, he could make a great like henchman in it. Oh, without a doubt. No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't say he couldn't. He, I didn't say he couldn't be doing Hollywood well, films. He why absolutely are you saying could. that Jason Cavalier is so ugly? I didn't show. say he's ugly. <laughs> Don't stop being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, Jason Cavalier actually he actually produces movies or has produced a few movies through his Robo Monkey production company, and he co-owns that company and co-runs it with one of the actresses in this movie, Melantha Blackthorne, who has also done a lot of no-budget and low-budget work. Who does she play? She plays Dynamite, one of the uh, female assassins. Oh, okay. The main one, really. Uh, I'll be honest with everyone listening. I I, I did a little bit of research when (laughs) I first watched the movie, and I read a bunch of reviews for Order of One, and I got really irritated by the fact that I read, like, two or three that all mentioned, you know, Melantha Blackthorne's in this movie. How come they didn't give her more to do? Or, you know, I, I they focus all of their attention on her when really she has a very minor part in the movie and isn't particularly great in that part. Yeah. I mean, I'm not knocking. I mean, I'm sure she's fine. But in this movie, it's sort of a forgettable part. I so hold on. So is, is she the one who gets shot at the beginning or is she the, the one who gets shot later? Later. Oh, uh, she's okay. She's the one who lasts the longest. Ah, uh, Dynamite. No, no. Butterfly lasts the longest. Oh, yeah, you're right. Butterfly does. Yeah. Then I have no idea. <laughs> Way to go, Doug. <laughs> a lot of characters in this fucking There's movie. There's really too many. Let's talk about this movie, Mo. Yeah, let's the get movie. into it. Or we're going to be here Order all night. We're going to be here all night anyway. Order of One, <laughs> Kung Fu Killing Spree, maybe was made in 2006. IMDb says it was released in 2011. When did you first see it, Mo? Uh, Well, I last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it might have been released in 2011. I mean, because I, 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 I got it because I got it as a screener. So uh, Chemical Burn hadn't put it out yet when I when I saw it, but it's since been released. Right? Maybe it was one of those cases where it had sort of a minor release, and then they eventually got. Well, it to I'm Chemical just Burn. I'm just assuming that there was a bidding war going on between George Romero and and some <laughs> other people. I mean, it's been known to happen. It's been it's it's happened so many times. <laughs> Um, the thing is, Order of One is a kung fu action comedy, um, and there are moments which are funny, and there's moments there are some genuinely funny fo- funny moments in this movie. Oh God, it's going to be so hard to jump into the opening plot of this because there's so many characters and there's so much shit going on, and so it goes right into it. 
and it goes right into it. Let's talk about this kind of basic plot. There's sort of a MacGuffin in this movie, which is this sword that everyone is looking for. Just say yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, there is. There's a sword, even though the title doesn't mention a sword. It's all about trying to find this sword, and this sword was actually forged from a piece of the spear that pierced Christ on the cross, so the spear of destiny, for those who know that kind of thing. Yeah, for, the, for those of you interested in Nazi history. Nazi history or comic book history. <laughs> <laughs> and the sword is said to have the ability to possess anyone who touches it. So uh, th- I think the, the uh, tagline for the movie is like, one man, one sword, one destiny. Word. It's all a bunch of nonsense. It's just something that everyone is looking for. Actually, the, uh, the, um, the title of the film, you realize as the movie ends, you realize right. that the title of the film is actually pretty clever. But, um, but as you're watching the movie, you keep thinking to yourself, why is this movie called Order of One? There's like tons of people. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a million people in this movie. Why is it called Order of One? <laughs> and then finally at the end you're like, oh, that makes sense. My, the movie actually starts with one of my favorite running jokes, which is that there's a television show called Shogun Cop. Yes. That the, that the people watch, and you get little snippets on like the radio that like the star of this TV show, Shogun <laughs> Cop, has been found with like underage women, of has course. been arrested, and things like that. I just think it's a neat little uh, background element. Well, it's little details like that. I mean, like it's just it's shit like that that makes films like this better. Like when you have running gags, when you have like shit in the background that that people can kind of catch upon rewatching that sort of thing. Yeah, it shows an attention to detail which you just don't see in these. Lo- which in these you movies. really don't see in low budget film. Now the two main characters, uh, and we get introduced to one of them right now. The the, the lead that we get introduced introduced to first is Ross Conroy, who's a reporter, yeah. and uh, he's in a restaurant talking to a guy named Paul. Now, Paul is one of the – let's see if I can remember and get this right. He's one of the keepers of the sword, mm. uh, one of the people who is tasked with protecting it. Um, though, at this point, you don't know that, and it's really confusing what the fuck is supposed to be going on. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's incredibly confusing. Uh, and, and, it, and it will remain so <laughs> for the time being. Yeah, and that's fine. At, and while they're talking in the restaurant, uh, two police officers bring in a prisoner to the same place and to grab some coffee. Or whatever. Yeah, because uh, because that happens. Because that happens, and the prisoner in this case is Sonny. Well, the, Sonny, the thing that's great is that is that is aren't they supposed to be transferring him to a maximum security prison? They are because he was a model prisoner until he started a riot, and yeah. now he's being transferred to a maximum security. Prison. Well, it was I don't yeah. It's like he started a riot that ended up, and and he ended up killing a guy. Of course, you know we we have revelations on that later, but. Uh, but regardless, the story that we're having at the moment is that is that somebody ended up dying, and they're saying it's by him. Right. And, uh, of course, he is one of our leads, so as we will soon find out, there's more to that story than you might think. Yeah. So uh, everyone's in this restaurant. It's full of people, and then three beautiful women dressed up in sort of 70-ish, 70s-ish Costume. Well, you know what it looks like? It looks like <clears throat> it looks like somebody in the 90s trying to recreate the 60s or the 70s, which is fine. Which is absolutely fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. I mean, they're they're hideous outfits, hideous. The women are good looking though. Yeah, they're they're attractive young women. And they come into the restaurant, and they start blasting away with guns. Love it. And they're massacring everyone. And it's a it's actually fun because it's a mixture of uh, CG gun blast, but there's actually some real blood that's going around. Yeah, I don't know if it's squibs or whatever, but but it, it's a pretty fun looking gunfight. Well, that's the one thing I really enjoyed about this is that there is that combination of the CGI blood with real, you know, with the practical effects, and it, and it works. 
So, yeah. Sometimes it's, sometimes the CG is a little stupid, but but there's know. just so much of it. But too, there's right? yeah, but there's so much blood in the movie that it re- that it's that it's fine. Yeah. So uh, within all of this kind of ruckus, the prisoner manages to escape. <laughs> Sonny manages to get away, um, and he ends up hot wiring a car. And the reporter guy, uh, Ross, he jumps in through the window and gets carried off, and they sort of just drive away. <laughs> Well, we are forgetting a, a really great moment when uh, uh, when he has sort of a a moment. Uh, Sonny has a moment with one of the killers. Let's hear it. A little gun for a little man. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to hear, but <laughs> there was a squeaky sound. But there. basically, what happens is. Is yeah, she she puts a gun up to his head. He does some fancy kung fu to reverse it, uh, and then squeezes her breast and shoots her in the head. Yeah, and at that, what we should understand that there are three of these female killers, and now one of them is dead. So that kind of pisses the other two off. Really? Yes. <laughs> so these girls, I guess they're called the sirens. We'll find out about that in a minute because now we get a whole bunch of exposition because Sonny, who doesn't really know Ross very well, uh, they get to know each other in the car. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's also, by the way, we should mention that Ross has taken the sword and it's in the back seat of the car. The sword. The sword. So who's looking for this sword right now? Everyone. Everybody. But all of those people are under the orders of Park. Mr. Park. <laughs> Mr. Park, uh, who kind of sits around and runs things from Park's Academy of Korean Martial Arts, which I'm guessing is a real place. I would imagine it's a real place. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'd imagine this is the school where they all train, because, I mean, like, imagine how awesome that is. Like if, like, if you had a school, like an entire school of martial artists, sort of, like, at your beck and call that you could go out and make a movie with all this fighting in it and have all this access to the to all these fighters. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean and and I mean it looks like the kind of movie where they have to call in a lot of favorites. Sure, right? sure. <laughs> so you have Mr. Park who is sort of the the godfather of it all and he's sending his son Tommy, Tommy Park out to find this fucking sword. Yep. Uh and um Mr. Park says a bunch of shit about how the family name is at stake, and it's really important that they find it. Yeah, it's it's the typical. I mean, it's 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 almost stereotypical, like Asian banter about how you're gonna uh, how, how you're gonna uh, uh, dishonor the family. <laughs> yes. it, it gets pretty ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, much of this movie is pretty ridiculous. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the nephew uh, ends up going to uh, actually, they end up hiring some people to try to get the the sword back um, and we don't really get their names and there's just so many characters but uh, but they'll become important or semi-important a little bit later on but they, they basically go to go to a strip club and start hiring some people to, to, to uh, pick up Ross and Sonny yeah now Ross and Sonny are in the car and um, they the thing about Ross was really convinced by this Paul guy who's a member of the order who, uh, who are trying to get this sword kind of under protection uh, and he is entirely convinced that that's exactly what they should do despite being apparently a cynical reporter yeah uh, and Sonny's a little bit less convinced about its power correct right okay <laughs> there's a part uh, while they're driving along uh, where uh, Sonny actually plays a recording 
of Paul, the one that uh, that Ross had actually the interview that he had just done, and it's on a it's on a tape, like an <laughs> audio tape. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, just remember, even if this was filmed in 2006, an audio tape. It's on a tape. I, yeah, it's like in a tape deck. But we do get a little bit of uh, audio, uh, getting an indication of of what exactly Paul was doing. Do we have that audio clip? Yes. Okay. My family has been protecting the sword for generations. It came into our hands the third time during World War II, but then went missing again for many years. Now, according to the Vatican, the sword of destiny is in their possession, but that one, I can assure you, is only a forgery. <laughs> they go, how much is it worth? It's priceless. I love, yeah, th- yeah. And then we have like a little flashback. Right. right. <clears throat> yeah, there's a World War II flashback. I mean, this movie is ambitious. Uh, we also learn a little bit from Mr. Park. Uh, he tells Tommy that when they touch the sword, always wear gloves. It's very important. And we'll find out a little later why that is, though it's weird and it's not really that important. Yeah. <laughs> so, f- okay, fuck all this. There's tons of exposition that just happened. The main thing is that there are some people who have been hired to get Sonny and Ross. And we get these, we see these hired goons right now. Uh, they're sort of dressed in camo, and they have a sniper rifle uh, on them of while course. they're driving in their car. And they shoot, and the car sort of spins out of control and hits a barrier, and um, and it looks like the... Ross and Sonny have been knocked unconscious, but the two goons, when they check out the car, Sonny is there, but Ross is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> while the other one, it went, while the guy is actually checking the car, Sonny hops into action, and we get really the first display of his, or, or first like kind of legitimate display of his kung fu skills, and also... Did we skip run- an audio clip? Uh, I don't think so. I think we did. All right. Let's whatever, it, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, I think this, it was just... this is what it said. There's no need to bring them back. Only sword that matters. That's that, Mr. Park. That's Mr. Park. And he's saying that the sword's important. Yeah. So the, a running thing that happens throughout the movie, and the coolest, best thing that happens in the entire movie, is that occasionally uh, Sonny will show off some specific kung fu skill, and <laughs> when he does it, it will say on the screen the name of that skill. Yeah. Yeah, uh, followed by some sort of horrific effect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like we we got sort of uh, uh, we got sort of an example of it earlier when he breaks the uh, the chain on his right. uh, on his uh, handcuffs. But uh, yeah, we 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 start to see like we start to really see it. Well, that's because this mo- this particular scene has one of the best parts of the entire movie. It's so good that I made an animated GIF of it and I put it right on the <laughs> Facebook page because <laughs> and I, I did it as I was watching the movie. This one's the <laughs> this one's the skull destruction fist, right? The skull destruction fist. So Brilliant. this goon <laughs> decides that he's he's got Sonny's number because they've destroyed the car. But Sonny he uses his skull destruction fist to fucking destroy the guy's brain like his whole head it's collapses so from his fist <laughs> and uh and this is the moment where i realized i mean up to this point i was like oh this is going to be a fun movie but at that moment i was like oh this is going to be awesome <laughs> yeah i I, I, th- I think as soon as we're done recording you got to go and repost that to the uh to the group page because man what a moment what i should really do is just edit together all of those Right, moments. right. Yeah, actually, yeah. I should do that. I, I have actually, uh, uh, I, I <laughs> legally, sort of, uh, downloaded the YouTube version to watch offline. So maybe I could just edit it together. Do Why it. not? Do it. 
do it. I feel impelled. <laughs> <laughs> so after destroying this guy's brain, Sonny just passes right out uh, because he's used up all of his fighting spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like when you're playing a video game and you're like, your it. stamina goes down to zero. <laughs> he, has to, he has to wait for it to come back. He poured all of his energy into that one punch, which it was a doozy. Skull destruction so. <laughs> fist. Um, so Ross, uh, who has run off, he's being chased by the other goon who has a shotgun, uh, but Ross appears with a gun as well and the sword. He has a gun and a sword. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why uh, not? So <laughs> what happens here is a little bit confusing, but what happens is the bad guy shoots the shotgun at Ross. It hits the sword, which is in Ross's hand. Uh-huh. Ross takes his gun and shoots the guy in the belt where he has, like, some sort of explosives on it. <laughs> and it explodes, <laughs> blowing the guy's leg off. <laughs> oh, this movie's ridiculous. Are you convinced to watch this movie yet? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we should just stop talking about the movie now. Because at this point, if, if, they're, if they're not convinced that this is a movie they need to watch at this point, then they're never going to be convinced. Right. So, by the way, this is the beginning of, of... I mean, the movie is not brilliant in terms of structure. No. What happens is that... Mr. Park gets Tommy to hire people. Those people try to stop Ross and Sonny. They fail. They fail. And then they get more people to try to get them. <laughs> <laughs> some Which of, is and, Yeah, and some of the teams of people are basically just like nameless thugs, you know. And then, then there's some other ones where you get some real fucking characters. And those yeah, are, you, they get more personality yeah. as they go along as yeah. well, which is really what it, how it should be. Yeah, exactly. Because right now we're just kind of dealing with nameless thugs, like nobody really important, you know. So, uh, in this case, they go back to the Korean martial arts school. Uh, Tommy tells his uncle that he's failed, and they uh, suggest that what they, the person that they should go to to get help is Barker. Yeah. And Barker is quite a useless, odd character in this movie. Barker's yeah. sort of the scumbag who hangs out at a strip club all the time and owes everybody money. Oh, me. Yeah, he's sort of you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm not half the scumbag that Barker is, yeah. And when we, I mean, we we actually saw him just briefly earlier, but now we get the real introduction, and the introduction involves him playing pool, yelling at strippers, <laughs> and just being a total asshole to everybody. By the way, we actually get some nudity in this. Scene. The best part is that you can tell, like, like it's so obvious these are like afternoon crowd strippers. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Mom? I'm trying to say that they're they're not the top talent. Are you trying to say that it's time for the return of the <laughs> I would never say that because I believe in women's liberation. I, I tried saying that with a straight face. I, I just really oh, I couldn't get through it. Boy, all that. that's offensive. We do have some female listeners, and I some we used to have some. Uh, I, I apologize for oh, most sexist and dated <laughs> attitudes towards women. Th- these women, I think, by the way these topless women are, I don't think they are afternoon delights I think they are um, well it's this, I think this movie was filmed in eastern Canada so believe me this is top talent <laughs> oh shit I just offended a whole different group of people <laughs> I offended two women you offended you offended an entire country of women they're my people what can I say <laughs> so we get a little topless nudity uh, and it's fine it's fine you know we're, this Bo- is 2013 boobs is, boobs is boobs man I'm boobs. happy with them all to me, it just shows again a little extra effort. <laughs> right. To take the top off. That's that's, what, and we get some uh, some choice words from Barker. Couple of peaches. Let's see. You know me, Horace. Come for the ambiance. Yeah. 
Yeah, a quality human being. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Horace. So, um, this is this is kind of a confusing scene because the previous thing we saw was Mr. Park telling Tommy to get Barker, but instead, what what happens in this scene is uh, three kind of other goons. Th- these ones get actual names later on. Uh, the the lead guy is the Cancun Kid. His he's got the best. Like he hands. Par- uh, Barker, one of his business cards, for some fucking reason. Yes, and it's and it says it says on it the can it says the Cancun kid, badass. <laughs> That's his designation, and that is absolutely one of. I mean, like I used to know a kid who had who had uh, cards that read professional no one, which I thought was really awesome. But uh, but but it just says badass, and that is brilliant. And it doesn't have a name. He's the Cancun kid. Right, that's exactly right. Badass. We uh, we uh, learn about I can't remember what their names are, but the, the Cancun kid has basically two uh, guys. Do, that, do we that, ever learn what their names are? We do at at the end of the movie. Oh, whatever. I think I have them Who written cares? down in our notes somewhere, but we'll find out. But the Cancun kid is sort of the leader of these three guys, and basically they're threatening uh, Barker to try to get money out of him because yeah. he owes a shitload to them. To Mister Park. To Mister Park. That's exactly right. So, back to Ross and Sonny, uh, who are wondering, openly, why does Park want the sword? And this is where we get the explanation that, uh, as I said at the beginning, whoever possesses the sword can tap into its unique powers. And we learn that Mr. Park already is sort of like a crime boss in the city. He has the city in a stranglehold, baby. <laughs> but then they get distracted. Yeah, that's it, right. Distracted yeah. by something that would distract anybody. Uh, absolutely. Let's hear it. Street beer. Uh, yeah. Do we have time to make another stop? Uh. <laughs> I think you can hear the Canadian accent there. <laughs> Do we have time to make another stop? <laughs> so yeah, they pass by. They're driving. They pass by a sign that says free beer. So they decide, <laughs> despite the fact that they're on the run from people trying to kill them. Yeah. That, uh, and I love that this was actually set up. It was as a plan. A, That's it was the a best plan. part. This, this was a trap. The trap was to get them with the free beer. Yes, Brilliant. that's exactly it. Brilliant. And uh, apparently, I, I guess the strip club was is actually owned by Barker. It's it's. I think it says Barker's Babes yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, so, that's but that's only half of it. Like the, like the, it says free beer, but then underneath it, I think it says like everything is free. Yeah, like everything is free. That's exactly right. <laughs> he, you know, he's been in jail for six years, so everything is free. Must sound pretty good, right? Not suspicious at all. No, certainly not. <laughs> so they go to the strip club. Uh, Ross is a little upset at the idea, but Sonny is, uh, he wants beer and pussy. Who wouldn't? Have we ever said pussy on the show before? Well, we just have. I feel like that's an offensive thing for me to say. I have a feeling <laughs> that, I have a feeling it's not the first time we've said that. Hmm. I'm sure someone has said it in maybe a quote from a movie. So we'll just let it go. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, this, since this was a, a big plot to get them in there, of course, even though they do get some beer, I think, and at least to get to see some topless women, um, a bunch of thugs come in. Doesn't somebody, doesn't somebody get called fudge nuts? Yeah, I think what happens is is he kind of knocks up against a guy and he goes, "Hey, watch it, fudge nuts," which is pretty <laughs> terrific. Wait, let's talk. Wait, let's let's take a moment and talk about the strip club. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It, you mean you mean somebody's basement? It could be a basement. I think it actually might not even have a ceiling on it. I think it might just be like a bunch of drywall that's been set up. <laughs> well, that's well, that's that's what the. Uh, 
that's what the the garage scene is later. I mean, it's yeah. pr- pretty obvious that the entire thing was shot with exteriors of one place and and uh, inside because there are no studs in the walls. Right. Anyway. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, this, important... and this and this place looks like like they like there's probably trash bags lining like the ceiling or, or some yeah, of the yeah. walls. So it's just it's just like flat black walls, couple yeah. of chairs, yeah, couple yeah. of tables, right? And that's the whole fucking. It's thing. very minimalist. But that's great well, because yeah. this it has to be able to be destroyed because of what's about to happen. <laughs> not, not to give too much away. <laughs> uh, and the and the movie really had me going up until this point, and then and then one of the guys says something that that drives me nuts. Like I mean, I don't mind when, like pop culture references or like uh, referencing to other movies, but oh, I know exactly. But what you're but, talking but about. this 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 one in particular because it's such a reference to such a good movie. That it just drove me nuts, and I'll play the clip, and everybody should know what movie I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, sir. Your dad. Bitches, leave. Whatever tough guy. Although uh, that that's what really sells it though is the is the response. Whatever tough guy. But yeah, the yeah, bitches leave. Yeah. I guess maybe you could see it as sort of he's trying to be like a movie badass, but of course he's not taken seriously. Yeah, at all. He, well he's a low he's, rent I mean, what's he trying to be? Like a low rent bodiger? Yeah, well he's no bodiger. He's no bodiger. Uh, I do like that previous the line that happens immediately before, but uh, where he goes, "What are you serving?" and she says, "Your death." Though it would have been better if she just said "death." Yeah, <laughs> which is what I have in the notes. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote how I imagined it would have been, as opposed to what it <laughs> you're rewriting was. the film as you're watching it. <laughs> well, I think you're handsome, Jason Cavalier. So call me. Um, we'll work out something. So a whole fucking giant gang of people, a giant gang. I mean, this is a low budget movie, so like six or seven. Yeah. They come in to confront uh, Sonny and Cher. Oh, no, Sonny and Ross. Wow. Um, I know. Fuck. Ooh. And Barker's there, too, and Tommy is there. Um, and by the way, Tommy takes some time to get upset at Ross for being a journalist as well, <laughs> even though they're sure. there to beat the shit out of them anyway. Sure. Why not? So, uh, oh, the, by the way, the, the woman who said, uh, your death, uh, in response to what are you serving, she's, she's there as well. She's like a female special martial arts goon. Of course. We've got to have a few of those. At least one. So they have a giant shootout slash kung fu fight in this place. Uh, yeah, sometimes so I have a real problem with that. What? Like, I don't have a problem with, like, shootouts that turn... I mean, I don't have a problem with shootouts that turn into kung fu fights. You know, because that makes sense. We run out of right. bullets, it becomes a kung fu fight. But, like, when you have both happening at the same time, it just makes no sense. Like, I mean, if there are people with guns, you're going you're gonna to get shot. I, I, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. You are absolutely right. The thing about uh, the structure of these fights, and this will happen for the rest of the movie, is that Ross, I don't know about the actor Kevin Woodhouse who plays Ross. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he... By the way, also the writer of the movie. I don't know if he has any martial arts skills. He does a little bit of fighting in this. Well, but it's one, most... the, the thing that I found amazing in this movie is that it seemed like everybody knew how to kung fu fight. Uh, it, 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 it does seem like that sometimes, yeah. which is great, right? <laughs> Suddenly, I love movies like that. There's a really great movie called Death Squad where, like, every – or Kill Squad, not Death Squad, Kill Squad. How could you make that mistake? Yeah, I know, oh. right? Um <laughs> 
where every single person in the film knows how to kung fu fight. Like he well, goes, I mean, like there's a scene where a guy goes to a pool party and to collect on on some uh bill that he's owed cuz he's like a like a handyman, like a yard worker mm-hmm. and and the entire party attacks him. Well, I mean that's a classic joke yeah. in all of those women, uh, women in bikinis kung fu fighting. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It, that's another movie that people should should look up to Kill Squad. It's amazing. <laughs> so, um they Oh, in this case, I think because Ross doesn't have, obviously, the martial arts skill of Jason Cavalier's character, yeah. Sonny, that they try to separate them with Ross doing some more uh, traditional kind of brawling while Sonny gets to do a showcase of tons of really impressive fighting. Yeah. <laughs> like he does a really a lot of really impressive things, like well, backflips and like lots of really impressive kicks. I mean, he's really good. He's really good. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he might be... The mo he might be I mean if not if not the most impressive but like top three most impressive well top two because it really it's really just him and Sean Gallimore right you know right who, we don't see a lot of yeah. martial arts in these movies just re- <laughs> doing really impressive martial arts in in these low budget films well there is that fight at the beginning of Zombie Rampage <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so. So th- there's a big fight. Again, we can't go into too much detail about what happens here, but needless to say, Ross gets his ass kicked while uh, Sonny beats the shit out of a bunch of people. Um, and Barker, who for some reason is being turned into a semi-main character, manages to crawl away. He gets stopped, and then he beats up people to show that he has fighting skills. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, he's got fucking kung fu skills, too. Yeah, though his d- do not look very good. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> um, within the fight... Sonny, uh, realizing, of course, that he has a weapon on his person, which is the giant sword, uh, he grabs it, and we get a crazy effect to symbolize that the sword is possessing them in some way and causing them to have a flashback, which will happen for every time that someone touches the sword. And we get a little insight into Sonny's prison experience. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to give anything away as to like the behind-the-scenes here, but I didn't have notes for this thing, so Doug gave me his notes, and I'm just noticing that like every now and again, you have words that are just completely capitalized, and yeah. and on this particular next scene, <laughs> <laughs> in the notes, it, in all capitals, it just says Sonny's ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's very important that we're aware of this ass. <laughs> oh, we're by the made... way, I sp- I've also spelled his name incorrectly for the entire fucking thing. <laughs> Whatever. I spelled it Sonny like S U N N Y. I took a lot of fucking notes, okay? <laughs> so, this flashback involves uh, Tommy's ass, sorry, Sonny's ass. Sonny's ass, yeah. In the shower. Of course, uh, it has prison. to be a fucking prison, so- prison shower scene. That's right. And three rapists come in. <laughs> uh, prison rapists. And uh, so, basically, there's this one kind of boss, asshole, bad guy in the prison. Yep. And um, <laughs> he... he the, the prisoners have to make him money in some way. So either they're going to be fighting for him or they're going to uh, be fucking for him. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he puts it a little bit more eloquently than that. Ray, my dinner's ready, but pepper it up a little. Flavor. <laughs> we did a flavor. <laughs> he's, he's telling his guy, Ray, to actually beat the shit out of Sonny because... Uh, he's, you know, he's going to try to dominate him and show that he's the man around here. Of course. Um, but uh, when Sonny actually fights back and wins easily, uh, 
the, this guy, who again, we don't know their fucking names, he, he decides that instead Sonny's going to be one of his, he's going to be a member of his roster. He's going to be a fighter for him. Of course. But uh, Sonny, when told where he has to be for his first fight, he goes, I have a better idea. Why don't you guys stay out of my way and let me do my time? So needless to say, the dialogue's not that great. Well, Sonny doesn't <laughs> take no shit. Of course not. So uh, what they do, they actually kill Ray. The, the, the bad guy kills his own thug, uh, and they tell him that if Sonny doesn't fight, they'll say that he killed Ray. Yeah. Because that, that'll play. Because sure that makes sense. That makes sense, right. <laughs> they, they paid off a guard, and they went in, and Sonny killed one of their dudes or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, shit happens. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, this was all a flashback while, while Sonny had a sword in his hand. <laughs> uh, and then we suddenly go back to the fight, and uh, Sonny starts slicing people up with uh, the sword, and it's pretty terrific. It's great, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, sword, it's tough, right? It's, ama- like, it's I- amazing, because like, cause, like, he's, already, he's already showed how good his, you know, his st- martial arts skills is, are, Jesus, listen to me. Um, I don't. Yeah, he's already said he's good with the Listen, yeah, do that voice for the rest yeah. of the episode. That'll play well. <laughs> and now he shows how good he is with the sword. But yeah, but but then he whips out the sword and starts rocking it with that. I mean, it's really really impressive. I mean, he obviously. I'm going to guess, and I'm almost certain that this is correct. Uh, that that Jason Cavalier must have done all the choreography and probably filmed the the action scenes himself. Or I would imagine, part of yeah. The action scenes, right? Now, the thing about doing swords. And and you anyone who's watched a lot of old kung fu movies know this is that it's really tough to make it look even like a light sword make it look like it's actually slashing someone convincingly. Yeah, yeah. But he, this is a big sword, right? Like this is one that that you wield almost like two handed. Is yeah. it two handed? I think it's yeah. a two handed sword. Yeah. So so I mean it's it's tough to make that look not cheap and silly. So they do a really good job of making it look like he's just killing everyone. Well, he does him. a really good job of like the swinging and like of making it look like it's actually hitting people. Although the yeah. sword itself is. <laughs> really chintzy looking. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean it's a real sword, but I mean, it's a fucking sword. But it looks like one of those ones that you get like at a con, you know? Yeah, yeah, not one of those. What's that? What's that YouTube channel where the guys hack up a bunch of meat with swords? Oh, I don't know. Oh, all right. Well, it looks better. <laughs> it's, it still looks as good as that, I sure, suppose. Sure. <laughs> um, so Ross pulls out a gun, uh, and they grab the sword and they all take off. They run away. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! Um, let's let's see what happens now. <laughs> I think we cut. I think it cuts to Barker at this point. Yeah, and he's he's continually owing people money, uh, and he gets grabbed by another goon who headbutts him, and um, and I guess that's just part of his story. We're going to get back to him a little bit later. Yeah, and we kind of learn. We kind of learn. <clears throat> we kind of learn now from. Uh, uh, from the Sunny, we're cu- it cuts now to Sonny and Ross having a conversation. We kind of learn that that Ross obviously had the chance to kill Tommy, but he didn't want to because it would have been cold blood. And, and we're getting a little bit more insight into the character. Sonny yeah. is a little more rough around the edges, yeah. but also this is a part where we realize that they have a real partnership. At this point, it's been a little bit uneasy, mm-hmm. but now they actually have. You know, they're going to do this together, even if they don't know where it's all going to end up. Yeah. By the way, Mo. Yes. We now get introduced to another character. Of course. Oh, they, that's right. Because now yes. we've got the uh, the investigator who's who's okay. trying to track down Sonny. Jesus fucking Christ! This fucking dude. Okay. So back at the strip club, we see a bunch of cops. 
All right, and they're kind of checking out the strip club, trying to figure out what the hell. Went Every on. time this cop talks, I wanted to punch him in the face. They have this cop <laughs> with a fucking ridiculous oh, Irish accent. Just horrible. It'd be fiddle dee dee. Yeah, oh, yeah. What's it's, going on exactly. There? It's very. Oh, what's over here? Potatoes. Totally oh my fiddle. gosh, yeah. rainbows. I totally Punch expected him to say shillelagh. I mean, it's. I mean, that was offensive. What I just said, but he is equally And this character, by the way, is fucking useless. He's I mean, up I guess such it's a not, waste. It's not a total waste because it does give some sort of closure to the fact that that Sonny, the fact that Sonny is really not a bad guy, was a model prisoner. And suddenly it seems like he just caused a riot. We find out later that that was just a big setup. Yeah. And this cop was involved in it in some way. Yeah. But the, pro- but the problem is, is, that, is that the existence of this cop sort of ruins the comeuppance at the end of the film. Yeah. By him being there. And, yeah, he just, you know, he, just shows up. Just, he only shows up twice this right here and right at the end of the movie. Yeah. He shows up twice to ruin two scenes in the film, basically. With his fucking ridiculous accent. R- yeah. Char, 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 looking for Sunny. Char, 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 char. Where <laughs> so can Ross I find Sunny at, this, at the end of the rainbow? Ha ha, char, char, char. Ross and Sunny are driving along in the car <laughs> and they see a woman um, who is having some car trouble. Uh huh. And because they are gentlemen, they. And, oh, wait, wait, she's very attractive. <laughs> of course. Um, Ross, of course, thinks it's a trap immediately. Well, because he's the smarter of the two. Yeah, and Sonny is still making bad decisions and probably a little aroused because he's been in jail for a long time. They decide to pull over. Yeah. I, I love what they say, actually. Let, let's play that that quote. Absolutely. I think you might have it. Oh, man, it's raining pretty bad out there now. Oh, come on, man. This just happened. We're not falling for this again. Come on. What? You think Park is actually going to try the same thing twice? Get real. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea that uh, that this can't be a trick because they just tricked us. Because they just did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he does. He uh, he does check on her. She turns around. Her tits are hanging out. Just hanging right out. Yeah. Um, probably I shouldn't have said tits. That's really disrespectful. What, what like, mammary glands? Come on. It's a crude episode of this of this show. Well, it's not our fault that this movie has a lot of tits in it. Yes, that's true. She pulls out a knife. Uh, he grabs it. Sonny does. And in one movement, he stabs her. And uh, they are then ambushed by... Is it the other two women? Huh? No. It, it, yeah, it's the, the the sirens from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. The they're women. ambushed by the sirens. Right. Well, by the remaining two. Yeah, and uh, and they actually... Ross and Sonny actually get legit, like really ambushed and tied to the back of their car. It's pretty hardcore. Yeah, and they get dragged behind the car on a gravel road, and it looks fucking rough, man. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like, they were... This part is amazing. It, I, I it's mean, I don't it's know. an incredible stunt. I mean, they're actually dragged behind the cars. But, I mean, it even leads into a better stunt, because what's happening is that there's a, they're being dragged behind a car, and behind that car is another car yeah. with, uh, with the, one of the other women. Sonny man- manages to get loose, and he jumps and drop kicks through, through the, the front windshield, windshield. Yeah. of the car. Amazing. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then he does like car stunts, like jumping from one car to the other. And it, and, yeah. the, and the funny thing is, normally when they do when 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 the, these low budget people do film do scenes like this in films, it's really obvious that yeah. this, that they're going three miles an hour, you know. But this one doesn't look like that. I mean, they're probably only going like twenty miles an hour. But I mean, but it, but the way it's shot is so well done. 
you know, that it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's strange, actually, it's a how weird, well done it is. It's a weird feeling to, to look at these movies and say, shit, this is kind of awesome. It also has that sort of, oh, this is probably really dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and it probably right? was. Yeah, I'd actually yeah. love to talk to somebody who, who was involved in that in this particular scene and just to find out how realistically dangerous this was because <laughs> it was sort of eye-opening talking to uh to to derek about uh working with the todd sheets you know uh about how like realistically dangerous <laughs> like it was you mean like a drill yeah like a drill an inch away from, someone's, inch away from somebody's eye yeah <laughs> so the one of the women and again it's hard to to describe who they are in this case but just one of them they stop the car takes the sword and basically confronts sunny with it mm-hmm. but we get another super sword flashback and we learned that she was actually abused by her husband mm-hmm. and that is nothing to laugh about and nope. it's not fun not fun in fact it's a bit of a downer man and also cr- gives her character development that is entirely unnecessary at this point in the movie i do kind of uh, i do kind of love the line that the hus- that the <laughs> husband gives this it's, is not, it's not funny it's not funny at all it's just such a dick line that like i, I know people who would who would say shit oh, like really? this too. yeah it's a like, happier happy anniversary i'm getting loaded with the boys right so that guy's a jerk oh absolutely uh, so uh, we, she, uh, she comes back from this flashback and uh, tries to attack sunny with the sword and, and he to add insult her. to injury he kisses her and it's so weird like it's like then, it's it's one of the it's one of the worst on screen kisses I think I've ever seen. But yeah, it, it's a it's a rough kiss. But I have the, I have a sort of like a love hate relationship with it where I kind of like it's so bad, but I love it. You got to do it. You got to go for it. Yeah. Uh, and then he punches her in the face, yeah. which, which, by the way, is really insulting after what we just saw. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we find we find out she's she she was in an abusive relationship, and he punches her in the face. I mean, if she was the lead character, you can kind of get behind that, right? right? She was an abuse. So she got together with, with two friends or two other women, and they went out for themselves. But no, in this case, he punches her in the face, takes her sword, cuts Ross free. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the two uh, women, the two sirens, they get tied up in a 69 position yep. and left on the side of the road. Sexy. They said, you should Sexy? I'm just saying. <laughs> They say, of course, you should have killed us when you had the chance, <laughs> but but I'm sure it will not come back to bite them in any way. No. Um, so this is the point, by the way, that we get the flashback to World War Two and how Paul's family or Paul. Yeah, Paul's family ended up getting the sword in yeah. the first place. Yeah. This is a, a strange. This is a weird scene. I don't like this scene. Yeah, it's mostly because it feels so out of place. It really is horribly out of place. I mean, I, I I give them credit for trying to do a World War II flashback. Oh, what sure, sure. They're, they're in France. Uh, two American soldiers have a Nazi POW. They had found a sword, I guess, with the Nazis, uh, and they're showing it to the French guy. One of the U.S. soldiers grabs it. It possesses him somehow. Uh, and then it, it sort of works like the One Ring from uh, from Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I mean, that's the only reasonable comparison, it's, right? Yeah, exactly. In that once you have it, you really don't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that only really gets established right now um, about how much people like want to hang on to it. So yeah. uh, this soldier, U.S. soldier, of course, because just those guys, right? What assholes. I, are you kidding me? Hey, now. <laughs> uh, once he has the sword, he doesn't want to get it uh, he doesn't want to give it back, and he ends up killing his own. Uh, he, he like tortures the Nazi prisoner, and he kills him, and then he kills the other U.S. soldier, 
and the French guy ends up shooting him and actually getting shot in the process. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's supposed to tap into something primal. And this all gets kind of explained with the flashback while Sonny and uh, Ross are eating burgers on the side of the street. <laughs> uh. They're eating some delicious burgers. Yes. So uh, we well, this is by the, by the way now we do learn who those women who were turned up on uh, who were tied up on the side of the street are they actually go and meet with Tommy and they find and Tommy finds out that they failed in their mission they're dynamite and butterfly butterfly has a butterfly tattoo on her shoulder that's how you can tell actually <laughs> dynamite has a dynamite tattoo as well well I wish all people were tattooed with their names yeah <laughs> especially in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so as it was just established that people do not want to give away the sword after they get it, that actually plays into what happens next because Sonny has the sword. He's they're they're kind of like relaxing by a lake and eating burgers just like dudes do sometimes. Yeah, just palling around, having a good time. And it becomes it becomes a bit of a uh, you know it becomes a bit of a of a fight between Ross and Sonny because Ross obviously he's he hasn't touched the sword yet, and I don't think he ever touches the sword. Right, because Ross is is Sam. Right? Huh? Right? No, Ross is Sam, and Sonny is Frodo. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And he, he wants to share the load. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, load. well, at least let me carry you. This, uh, this moment is really hilarious because they're, they're like, having a real tense standoff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ross is like, we need to take the sword to the Order. And Sonny's like, well, I don't want to do it. And then some dude just interrupts both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's Larry. And Larry has a dog, and uh, he's a goofball, and he just wants a ride. It's really weird. Like, the whole thing with Larry is really weird. Larry like, is another fucking character that it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. Another one that just has no reason to be in the movie, but, like... <laughs> but, it, but, but, but in essence, makes the movie better because he's in it. Yeah. He doesn't need to be in the movie at all, but <laughs> makes it interesting. I think. Well... Larry at this point is very confusing because he sits in the back of the car and kind of chats with them <coughs> while they're driving, and then he suddenly vanishes. Yeah, he just disappears. And this is also the moment where the, where the, we ha- we get another Shogun Cop reference on the radio. Yeah, right? the the lead actor of Shogun Cop, Kip Brown, oh, yeah. has been has been discovered in a wild sex <coughs> underage female fan. Awesome. I watched a movie called Shogun Cops. By the way, that sounds like a cool. Show. I would watch that show in a millisecond. Mm. In fact, let's stop talking about this and why let's make that show let's, let's make, make it, it happen let's make it happen let's do it i'll start i'll start driving up to uh to your area and uh i'll be there in a week all right come to my area will <laughs> <laughs> share the load you you, st- uh, you start on casting and uh and budget oh oh yeah no 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 problem there <laughs> so um after larry disappears we go back to the show the uh the the, the martial arts school again tommy is talking to those three hired goons uh one of them being the uh what's his name panama joe uh cancun guy. kid yeah that guy <laughs> him Pan- and his two did you seriously just say panama joe sure that sounds right all right <laughs> so he uh tommy is explaining the situation that they need this sword this decorative sword, right? So he's basically hiring these three guys to to track down Ross and Sonny. Sure. But these guys are a little smarter than the goons we've encountered up to this point. Yeah, exactly. Because they because they, they realize that the sword is obviously worth something, and uh, and decide that they that they're before they hand it over to Park, they're going to have some fun with it themselves. Yeah, or they might not. Give or it they back. might not give it at all because they're. 
they they're pretty confident in their own abilities. Word. <laughs> so they they kind of decide to go into business for themselves, yeah. which is great. Um, so back in the car, Ross is freaking out a little bit because um, well, because Larry, <laughs> because Larry disappeared. Larry, in fact, there's a really great quote from this part, and here it goes. His name was Larry. Who's to say he was even here? <laughs> I mean, that's Sonny's response, which is that who's to say he was ever here in the first place? Maybe they just imagined that they picked someone up. No, Ross. Ross said that. Son, oh, Sonny, yeah, Sonny's the one who said his name was Larry. Right. Yeah, and then Ross goes, "Who's to say he was even here?" <laughs> right. That's it's it's weird. Anyway, Ross, uh, out of nowhere, decides that it's likely that Larry was a ghost called the Good Samaritan. Of course, like out of the biblical. Uh huh days of your blah blah uh and i don't know why he would have showed up in that context and not really helped them at all i guess it was because it, it broke up the the fight that they were having mm-hmm. um so, so <laughs> needless to say but 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 don't they fight again like right now like right now right now because immediately after having that little talk and it's like the good samaritan really helped us sunny immediately reaches out for the sword and ross punches him punches in the face. Him, yeah and then they fight into a lake and beat the fucking <laughs> shit out of each so other. So stupid. But they kind of beat the the whole kind of resentment and and need to keep the sword out of each other. Mm. <laughs> so Sonny is actually he actually ends up telling Ross that he should uh, touch the sword because then he'll understand. Yeah. But uh, but that's not what happens right now. <laughs> but I, 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 this is an important turning point in the movie. Sonny is now convinced that they do have to bring the sword back to the order. I'm just reading your note here. It says, Sonny tells Ross to touch it. <laughs> and then, and he'll, then understand. he'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. I know what happens now. I remember what happens in this movie. Are you me? <laughs> they end up bringing the car to a garage because uh, someone has cut their brake line. Ridiculous. So I guess Larry didn't help out with that at no. least. Uh, but this garage worker is actually very nice, and he says that they can actually fix it in twenty minutes. They can, uh, they can get them on their way. They won't even charge him. Well, he's yeah, he's yeah, he's awfully nice, but very familiar. Uh, you know what? It wasn't familiar to me. It really, really, really wasn't. <laughs> no, I don't know. There's a lot of people in this fucking movie. I did not recognize. Oh, him at oh yeah, all. no. I I saw this guy. I saw this guy, uh, and immediately said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, for those for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, which would be everybody, exactly. <laughs> the guy who works at the garage is actually the same dude who tried to prison rape Sonny uh, in prison. Word. Uh, and once uh, Sonny actually comes into the garage and uh, the dude recognizes him, it's he, it's uh, so funny how like n- how that entire scene wouldn't have happened if Sonny had never come into the garage. Right. Right. Uh, it was a bad decision, but yeah, because he was being all nice to Ross, and he's yeah, like, he's like, "Hey, man, no problem. We just taped it up. It's you know, you're good to go. Uh, you know, no worries. I'm not going to charge you." And he's like, "Hey, man, that's great." He's like, "Just pay for the beer you drank." You know, nope. <laughs> and and uh, he uh, he really makes fun of Sonny as well. He talks about how much he loves cock. <laughs> hey, <laughs> and he fillets a beer bottle. Uh, and uh, yeah, so so Sonny's not happy about that at all. But I love Sonny's response to them, though. Like they, Let's hear it. yeah. What do I think of that? I think you guys are going to look really stupid dying in those clothes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is, and it turns into a ni- another giant fight. Yeah, and this one's huge. This is a huge fight. Um, yeah, this one's this one is actually a really massive. Yeah, fight. this one's and, crazy. And, 
Well, let's just talk about how crazy it is now. But Sonny does tons of, like, a lot more acrobatic stuff in this fight. Uh, like, he does a backflip off a wall and does a bunch of really crazy kicks. I mean, it, all the fights in this are really good. Yeah. But these massive ones really are something else. Yeah, this one, this one's the one where there's, like, people flying through walls and... Uh, and ugh, it's crazy. Like, and there's the dude. Like, there's like a uh, a really pasty Irish-looking dude who's uh, yeah got a mohawk who is probably the one guy in the movie who's who's as good as Sonny is. I mean, it's really impressive. Of course, he gets yeah. his ass handed to him by Sonny, but well, well that's what he's there. But for. But that's what he's there for, exactly. So, like, he's <laughs> he's a pretty he's a pretty good stunt man. So it's actually like so those fights are really really great to see. Yeah, like one-on-one ones where there's actually a competitive. Yeah, exactly. Where you got two guys who are both really good. Uh, Barker is is here, by the way. I can't remember why. I think he was being kind of uh, tortured in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was being yeah he was being uh, tortured in the back. Yeah. So I mean, he's still in the movie for some guy. There's actually a really great scene where they where he they they've got his mouth taped up and he can't breathe. Oh, that's right. So they stab into his mouth and when they pull (laughs) the knife out, he spits all that blood out. Yeah, that is great. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool little uh uh trick they do there um within the scene uh, ross does at one moment uh touch the sword mm-hmm. uh, and has a flashback i can't remember how this flashback really works yeah i i've written down he's talking to a dirty cop i don't know what that was all about I, I, the flashbacks usually have something to do with sort of dark times in their lives uh but uh apparently this did not make an impression on me yeah it's yeah, Ross, I, you know, it's funny, because like, I just said that Ross never touches him, and then I realized that he does. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't I really matter. totally forgot about that scene, so that's how inconsequential this entire scene is. <laughs> uh, so there's lots of fighting. Uh, it looks like at some point that Ross is going to get totally fucking yeah, disaster. Yeah, Ross is not having a good fight this, yeah. this time around. He's not, he's not doing so bad when he's got a gun and he's in the... Uh, uh, in the strip joint, but here he's like just man, just getting yeah. his ass handed to him. Yeah, and he manages. I think he actually gets something broken or something in this fight as well. Maybe. I don't know. Um, this is the fight, by the way, where people get kicked through walls. I mean, they really destroy this yeah. place. Uh, and there is a part where one of my favorite parts where the red haired guy. I can't remember if it's Sonny who gives it to him or it's the other way around. He does a backbreaker on him, like a wrestling style yeah. backbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really great scene, too, where somebody gets their neck broken with somebody with his, with his feet. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and and this, we also get a couple of different uh, – we mentioned earlier that, that there would be moments where the, it freezes for a second and then the, the move is put on the screen. The, the two of them that we get in this case is the neck break fist, yep. which uh, in tribute to – the Sunny Chiba classic, The Street Fighter, it goes to a skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. this great kind of fucking plastic-looking skeleton that awesome. switches to for a second. Really great. the neck gets broken. And, then my, and, and then, then my personal favorite one. Go ahead. Which is the heart explode palm. No, I'm sorry. That's not my favorite one. Oh, That's good. my <laughs> second favorite one. Yeah, the, my favorite one is, is later. You know what? I totally am going to edit together a, Do a, it. a collection of all of them. Yeah, definitely. Um... Oh, that's right, yes. And Ross gets his arm, his arms, both of them, broken. With him. <laughs> There's some nunchucks fighting. There's people fighting with the sword. It's just a really big, massive brawl, and it's pretty terrific. Yeah. And, but at the end of it, Sonny fixes Ross's broken arms somehow. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think they're broken. I think they're, like, torn. Like, dislocated, dislocated or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know. E- so, I don't know either about way, pain. it's really ridiculous. It is super ridiculous. <clears throat> so uh, now we get a car chase <laughs> because Sonny and fucking Ross drive off again, and Dynamite and Butterfly are on their tail, and they are behind them driving and shooting at them. Yeah, we get we get uh, treated to some really insane dialogue here. It's those crazy chicks. Let's do it. The convict's mine. He deserves to die. Let me have him for a weekend and then I'll kill him. Eh. Come on. Now this is a bitch and ride. What the? What the? Chicks. <laughs> so it turns into a fucking Scooby Doo cartoon. <laughs> I do, I do love this car chase, though. Well, I mean, it's, again, it's just a more commitment to different styles of action. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's again, looks really dangerous, and there's lots of squealing tires. Right. And, 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 a, and there's a and there's a scene where, like, uh, not a scene, but there's a moment where Sunny skids the car around backwards and then kicks it into reverse and is driving. He kicks out the windshield and starts shooting at them in the, from with the, an Uzi. Yeah, with an Uzi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty wild. Um, oh man, there's so much action in this fucking movie. It really is. There's, I mean, it's it really is action packed. So they end up basically down this alleyway, and it's a trap. They basically have been surrounded by a bunch of uh, baddies, and it looks like their number is up. Yep. But then those three goons, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? The Cancun kid. The Cancun kid and his two guys, they show up and because they're they want that sword, they yeah. want to do whatever they want. They they start beating up everybody and shooting everybody. There's some really impressive stunts. Lots of people like falling off of high Yeah, uh, yeah, places. yeah, like falling downstairs, falling, falling on, downstairs, on, on, onto yeah. cars. And we're yeah. not to, and when I say stairs, I don't mean just like stairs. I mean like like metal stairs, like yeah. pain. Yeah, really, pain, really, right. yeah, really cool looking shit. Stuff, stuff that looks like it hurts, <laughs> like really, really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, within this uh, big fight, we get to see uh, some action from uh, from the Cancun kids' goons, and uh, they're you know some of them they all know martial arts. Or actually, one of them is like an older guy. Yeah. And he's sort of like a cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's like he's like a, a he's great with guns apparently, while the other guy is just sort of a some sort of martial artist, a black guy. Indeed. I, I, I wish I could describe him in better terms than that, but... Yeah, well, I mean, it's... He sadly has one defining feature. Well, he does do... He actually gets one of those uh, title cards for one of his moves, the Szechuan Don Palm. Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course! <laughs> in the fracas, uh, Dynamite and Butterfly steal the sword and give it to Tommy. So Tommy gets the sword! Yay. Tommy wears gloves, oh, by the way, so he doesn't get a flashback. Of course. Um, r- uh, right as Tommy runs off, uh, Ross, uh, the intrepid reporter, he gets shot and in the process shoots Butterfly and I believe kills her. Are you sure it's Butterfly? Maybe I'm wrong. I think I think it's I think Dynamite's the one who gets shot by Ross. They look almost exactly the same. Yeah, he shoots and kills one of them. Well, because because <laughs> it cuts to the tattoo on her and it's and it's a dy- it's the Dynamite. But the, then something amazing happens, so let's just forget all that shit. Of course. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. Uh, okay, Sonny goes inside the building after Tommy, and it suddenly turns into a first-person shooter. 
Well, it's the... it's yeah. I mean, but this is just another example of them of them adding different styles of. Of, of of action of the action into, into the play yeah when it, when it cuts into like a first person shooter it's, i mean it's not bad i mean they they do they do as good of a job as you'd expect them to do until it turns into a third person shooter for no apparent reason for no apparent reason you that's know. right <laughs> uh, but it works and, and, yep yeah, and uh, tommy ends up kicking uh sunny down some stairs and it looks really painful actually yeah um and oh yeah, this is the part where Sonny actually gets shot by uh, either dynamite or um, or butterfly, whatever one is still it's alive. Butterfly, it's butterfly, yeah. right? Yeah, he kisses her, she shoots him in the chest. Shit happens. Everybody's got to pay the rent. Um, the goons they have Ross, uh, the Cancun kid, and his guys, and they're torturing him, and they're going eeny meeny oh. miny mo, and they break one of his fingers. Yeah, I was just oh, I was just thinking you? back on that really painful oh apparently in my notes the old guy with the guns his name is duke yeah of course it is um they actually give ross this is a really strange scene as well they give ross a gun and duke basically does like an old school western stand yeah because they broke his trigger they they broke his hand basically right 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 yeah but uh he oh no no i'm sorry no they didn't break his hand they broke his thumb yeah. yeah, so it's like he can't, he wouldn't do well he with a gun. He can't hold a gun. Except he does, right? He shoots both the Duke and the Kang. No, what can. happens is that um, I think Sonny shoots one of them, and then and then Ross shoots the other one from behind his back. Right. Yeah. It's It's been a while, folks. Oh, this I think good. there's a, yeah, there's actually a dialogue here for that. Let's hear it. How does it feel to be dead? You tell me. It's a really long reveal. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think... How does it feel to be haunted? Yeah. How does it feel to be dead? You tell me. <laughs> Three seconds later. Shoot! <laughs> uh, anyway, it, it, Sonny shoots um, the goons, or all the goons end up dying, but yeah. in the process, Ross gets shot, and he... Because it's all up to you, Sonny. Well, that's he is an order of one. Or, now he is. Yeah. Right? Because he's... Uh, and then, of course, the Good Samaritan, Larry. Larry the Good Samaritan shows up again. Uh, and he... Uh, this is quite the... This is the part of the... This, gonna, is, this is the part of the movie where they almost lost me. Yeah. I thought for a second... You know what I thought for a second? What? You probably thought it's, that it was going to turn into a... Christian lesson. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, obviously, I was, like, the first time I watched this movie, I was watching it to do a review for it, so I had to finish watching it regardless, but they, but this almost went from having a definite five-star review to a definite one. <laughs> Mo, Mo does not cater to religion no, in his movies. No, I do not. I do not. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to turn into Bible Man, but I, what what happens here is Larry shows up. He asks Sonny, uh, who who is in really bad shape at this point. He goes, yeah. "Have you read the Bible much, friend?" <laughs> and Sonny goes, "A little." And he goes, "Are you familiar with the story of Lazarus?" And then he heals Sonny. Basically, he, yay! He makes him whole again. Which, by the way, if say nine tenths of the way through your movie, your character is just about dead, you shouldn't put a character in to just heal him. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a pr- it's a pretty pretty shitty uh, trick. 
All right, but we get over it fairly quickly. Sonny decides that he's going to go to the martial arts school. He's going to confront Mr. Park and Tommy and Dynamite and, and all that shit. Or Butterfly, I guess it butterfly. is. Butterfly. Are you sure it's Butterfly? I'm sure it's Butterfly, because that's the one who's in love with him. All right. Uh, so they're celebrating, Park and uh, Mr. Park and Tommy and Dynamite. They're celebrating because they have the sword. So Sonny's outside, and remember that cop? That shitty Irish cop? I do. He, he's there for some fucking reason. <laughs> and we, uh, we learned um, that, it, that Sonny actually went to jail... Um, so was it that, that, that this this cop, by the way, his name is Cross. So Cross killed someone and set Sonny up for it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And uh, and actually, the cop actually offers to, to help him because I guess he's feeling a little guilty about the six years and <laughs> eventual <laughs> lifetime imprisonment that, that fucking Sonny was going to have to do. Right. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe he was drinking during the time period because... I mean, you know. So why are you going in there? Really? Really? Well, maybe I got a death wish. Or maybe there's a cute assassin I want to see one more time. Or maybe I want to avenge a dead friend. Maybe... Maybe it's the right thing to do. That, that accent is the worst. Maybe it's the right thing to do. Yeah, why don't you give me a lecture on the right thing to do? <laughs> Guy who sent me to fucking prison. Yeah, right? Jesus. Well, maybe it's the right thing to do. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm the little people. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so Sonny goes into the building. <laughs> and there's, hey, guess what happens? There's another big fight. Yay. Uh, in uh, in traditional big fight style, one <coughs> of the thugs who goes after Sonny goes, time to open a can of whoop-ass, which is the most generic thing you can say. It's really stupid, yeah. Uh, but we get some really great examples of uh, Sonny's uh, super martial arts skill. Because well, here, here's where he summons the ghost of Dalton and, yes. uh, and rips out a dude's throat. He does tear out a guy's throat. It's pretty impressive. I believe and that's, that's fu- the eagle talon. The eagle talent, and then he follows that up with the eyeball exit punch, which, which, which is my imagine, which is my favorite. <laughs> he he punches a guy's eyeball out of his head. Well, he punches a dude in the back of the head, I believe, yes. and like right, and, and like they do out. this great cut from below where he like where the eyeball drops out between yeah. his fingers. It's amazing. <laughs> it's gross. Eyeball awesome. exit punch. <laughs> uh, Tommy. Uh, then gets his fight finally with Sonny, and they actually uh, do uh, kind of a one-on-one martial arts fight, and then they switch to uh, sword fighting. Yeah. Um, I think I think Mr. Park is watching it all in the background. So uh, Tommy actually comes at Sonny with the sword finally, but Sonny uses the heart extraction fist, <laughs> tears his heart out. Yeah. He rips his heart right out of his chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After that, by the way, it's like they, the, the attacks kind of happen like bam, bam, bam. Uh, not dynamite. Butterfly <laughs> comes out <laughs> with, uh, with a gun. And uh, you're right. They have some sort of relationship they've built up. Yeah. Some sort of combative relationship. Hence why it's not dynamite. <laughs> Still think it might be dynamite. It was Butterfly. <laughs> she goes, why can't I? She, she has a gun, by the way. and yeah. could totally kill him. And he, she goes, why can't I kill you? My death row looks. <laughs> and uh, But it doesn't matter because Park, Mr. Park, he stabs her with the sword. What an asshole. What a dick that Park <coughs> is. 
so we get it. We get the fight we've been waiting for since the very beginning. Old Man Park versus Sonny. It's a it's it's a it's a good fight, but it's like it could have been so much more if it if it, it had it's slightly anticlimactic, but I mean yeah. you know, Mr. Park, even though he's an old guy. He's, he's still good. good. Yeah, he's yeah. still good. Yeah. So they fight, uh, and there's a part where because Mr. Park, he knows all the moves. He, uh, he actually ends up using a paralysis palm and uh, freezes uh, Sonny in, in place. And then he stabs him in the shoulder. <laughs> oh, but remember that cop? That yeah. Irish dick cop? Yeah, that fucking asshole idiot. Char-char-char cop. Here I am with my brand new gun. I brought here today. Yes, Caesar. Bye. And he shows up with his gun, and he goes, Police! Stop. <laughs> there's not there's not much I hate more than when a film ends with the bad guy being arrested when he so deserves to just be killed. Yeah. You know, like I mean, like I, I got I got a buddy who is way worse about come up than I am, but this uh, but this guy, but Park should have been killed. Like it just it makes no sense that he got that he ends up getting arrested. Ugh. I guess it's to set up the possibility of a sequel. Sure. Um, anyway, by the way, Park, before he does get arrested, he grabs the cop's gun and shoots the cop. Of course. <laughs> oh, no, I've been shot. Oh, oh. Me shot no more potatoes and liquor for me. <laughs> no more potatoes. I'm dead. I have the quote written here, and I'm going to ask you where it says, my debt's paid. It looks like you lose. Uh... Is that Sonny saying that to Mr. Park? No. I don't know. Anyway, Mr. Park uh, does respond. He goes, I never lose. But he does. He totally loses. Yep. <laughs> Mo, there's only two minutes left. Right, yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's rough. I do love, it, this is all edited kind of strangely at the end, but Sonny actually does bring the sword to the order. He's going to deliver to it. But what's terrific about it is that he has it impaled. Yeah, it's stabbed shoulder. through him. Yeah, it, he's actually he pull, has to pull. They have to pull it out of his shoulder. He to needs give to it get to help <laughs> from some guy. <laughs> I love the guy too. How unimpressed he is! Totally <laughs> expecting Sonny to show up with that sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulls it out of the shoulder and he explains how much security they have with their titanium walls and whatnot. Uh, and <laughs> and, this is, and then it's I guess well, the best the, the main... best the best part is that the, like he's like oh well is this the place he's like yeah yeah just leave it there yeah no big deal <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see uh, Sonny uh, walking out of town hall. He's just been given a pardon, apparently. And well, it's great because of... this whole crowd kind of comes around him, and there's like paparazzi shooting out, you know, like taking his picture, and and the and like the mayor runs up and he's like, "Here's your pardon." <laughs> they want to make it as clean as possible, I suppose. But I love it because was I guess it's the mayor who who says when he when he gives him the pardon, he goes, "Smile for the camera, hand job." <laughs> <laughs> Which is like the last line in the fucking movie. <laughs> Perfect. And then it just ends. It just ends. It's it's over. He got pardoned. No fucking. Everything's okay. Yeah, exactly. I guess we'll see uh, more tales of Sonny with no last name uh, at some point in the future. Well, we can hope. I love this movie. Like this movie's so much fun because it is so fearless in uh, the the amount of shit that they wanted to pile into. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, the weird thing about it is that. Despite the fact that it has a ton of shit like car chases and gunfights and lots of martial arts fighting, 
but almost all of it is really good. Like, yeah. it looks good. No, there are uh, no, there are no bad fight scenes in this movie. No, no. Uh, I mean, there I mean, are there bad are, there are, fight moments. Yeah, there are parts of fight scenes that are terrible, but I mean, but the overall fight scenes, mostly because of Sonny, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and and the action throughout is really impressive, and there's lots of it. And I mean, we said at the beginning, it would be hard to get bored with this movie, which, despite a lot of the reviews I'm reading on the IMDb page, where the people said that they thought it was stupid and the people didn't know how action comedies work i think this is uh about as good as you can expect from a budget this low it's the best it's the best low budget action comedy i've ever seen yeah i think so yeah i mean and i mean you're talking about they obviously had zero resources outside people with martial arts skill yeah and and they they made something that i think is incredibly entertaining absolutely so a uh, big thumbs up to Order of One, Kung Fu Killing Spree. <laughs> uh, and everybody should go check that out on the Chemical Burn YouTube page. And there's some other uh, free movies, full-length movies, available on that on that site as well. So, I mean, you should really check that out. Yeah, and then after you check that out, hop over to Troma and watch something good. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I would <laughs> I'm argue... I'm such an asshole. No, there, no, there's good stuff on the chem. I, I looked through the Chemical Burn um, page, and there's definitely some good stuff on there. There's some stuff there, I've there seen. Is. But the fact is, the trauma page, and I'm not, I'm not even a big trauma fan. But they put a lot more. They shit put a on there. ton of fucking movies up on the trauma page and uh, the YouTube, and there's some really great stuff in there, like rock and roll, space, space patrol. patrol, rock and roll. Oh, I to see that all night. I think that's a fun, um, yeah. We've been, I've been waiting to say that all night. <laughs> So, yeah, check out Order of One Kung Fu Killing Spree. Check out Rock and Roll Space Patrol from Friend of the Show. Uh, what's his name again? Oh, seriously? Jim Baltus. <laughs> Jim Baltus. Sorry, it's been a while. It's late, by the way. Here in Canada, it's late. Yeah, it's pretty late here, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, please check out both of those movies and support low-budget, micro-budget filmmaking. And I know the best way to do it is not to just watch them on YouTube. Obviously, you're not uh, providing them with, with finances to make more. Yeah. But if you like the movies... Check out the websites. Check out the uh, the page uh, for uh, Order of One, which is available through RoboMonkey Productions. Check out just – these are not hard to find. If It's kind of funny because in my position uh, where I interview a lot of these filmmakers, uh, I sometimes have trouble getting their contact information, which should never be the case, by the way. Nope. Uh, but, uh, but most of these uh, production companies, you can find websites. You can find them on Facebook. Hey, tell them you like their movie. They really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, most of them do. Some of them, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, there, well, there, are, there, there, there are some people that I've been like having issues with, and it's been, it's getting, it's really starting to get under my nerves because I'm like actively pursuing it, and it's just driving me nuts. But, um, but for the most part, it's been good. <laughs> I, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the absolutely, time, absolutely. People people love hearing the feedback. People love to know that people are out there watching it. When I when I like take a find a movie or if I get a screener for a movie that's like four or five years old and I contact the director about it, they're usually like super surprised because it, uh, even now a lot of people think of these movies as kind of disposable. So yeah. when they move on to the next one, they sort of forget a lot. You know, they, it just they don't expect people to kind of seek them out. Yeah. So I love the idea that there's sort of a fandom that could be like, no, no, let's check this out. We love this part of it, but this part is not as great. I love what you did with this. I mean, people, they take this kind of criticism and, uh, and, and response to heart. So you can make direct, you know, you can get a direct line to the people making. these. Absolutely. 
It's one of the great things about micro budget and no budget. It's movies. my favorite thing about about micro and no budget film. <sighs> Understanding that it's late, Mo. Let's jump into the little bit of housekeeping we have to do. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 not let's not dra- drag this out as long as we as long as we can. Well, <laughs> as long as we certainly fucking can. As long as we usually do. <laughs> Um, before we announce what the next movie is going to be, how can people keep up on the show, talk about the show, keep up on yourself and myself? Well, I think the easiest way, and the way that I certainly most recommend, is them to go onto Facebook and to go to uh, facebook.com slash groups slash no budget nightmares. Ask to join the group. Keep up with us on there. Uh, they can also obviously find either one of us on Twitter. I am at drunk on VHS. And I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. Uh, by the way, on that Facebook page, you know, you don't have to talk about just the movies that we cover. Yeah, you talk about anything. Favorite. Yeah, it's I mean, a community. Really, it, it's, it's a community. It's open. There's some great discussion there. I've been meaning to get back into it on a more regular basis now that I have a bit more time, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Todd Sheets just joined it a couple of days ago. We have a lot of new people, actually, in the last few days. So if you want to give your feedback yeah, about it's, us. Yeah, we, we, I mean, I think we jumped up like, like – 10 or 15 people in the last couple of days. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. So uh, so now now that I have committed to <laughs> editing together a video of the best moments from this movie, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how that uh, turns out. That, that's it. where you'll be able to get that. Yeah. Hopefully b- by the time this episode actually comes out. Exactly. Uh, Mo. Yes? <laughs> uh, what movie will we be covering next time on the No Budget Nightmares podcast? And by the way, folks... We'll, we'll, between the time we watch it and record, we'll make it a little bit shorter. This yeah, time. <laughs> we'll try not to make it five <laughs> weeks. Um, next time, we are covering... We're actually kind of doing a callback, if Ooh. you remember, um, because the same producer produced this that also produced our favorite... Well, I'm assuming if our favorite movie to date, certainly my favorite movie to date, Las Vegas Bloodbath. Um, I do love me some Las Vegas. Blood it's Blood it's Blood. certainly up there. It's if it's not the best film we've covered, it's certainly like top two. But um, uh, but we are going to be covering Kindergarten Ninja. Kindergarten Ninja, which I think actually on the Las Vegas Bloodbath episode, you actually uh, mentioned. Yeah. Uh, mentioned this movie on it. Yep, because I own it. Uh, I'm actually looking. I was trying to find the producer name, the one that is in common with it, and I did notice. That one of the producers of Kindergarten Ninja is a gentleman by the name of Kevin Beecham. Yep. And Kevin Beecham, he followed up Kindergarten Ninja with a movie called Beached Blonde and followed that up with World's Biggest Anal Gangbang. Nice. <laughs> That's He's crazy. a producer. You know, I mean, the thing you have to understand about, about Kindergarten, Kindergarten Ninja is that it was, it was like an anti-drunk driving PSA, essentially. Like it was like an after-school movie. I have not seen it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know that. So yeah, uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen it. I love it. It's fantastic. There's a uh, a football player in it who I guess you're supposed to know who he is, but I'd never heard of him. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, he gets into trouble, and uh, you know, and and the whole the the rest of it turns into him teaching kids how how you know about like martial arts and how uh, and how drinking's bad. <laughs> well, I have to say. This sounds absolutely terrible. It is. It, it, it's 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 a painful movie to sit through, but we are going to enjoy it. One way or another, we have to. Yep. So next time on No Budget Nightmares, we'll be featuring 1993's, I believe, Kindergarten Ninja. Yep. All right. 
And with that said, and with this done, I think it's time for us to finally, <laughs> mercifully, say goodnight. I, I agree. All right, everyone come over to the Facebook page. Have a little chat with us. We'll be a little bit more prepared next time. Yeah, well, I mean, we weren't not prepared this time. We just waited so long that... Yeah. That it, it, yeah, so the conversation's a little stunted. I'll try to, I'll try to fix that in post. So <laughs> <laughs> right, polish that shit. I'll throw, up. I'll, yeah, I'll polish this turd up, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it good. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Good night, folks. A chance meeting, a rough beating. That I couldn't afford It was waiting With breath baiting My destiny soared The reporter And the order A reporter Needs a supporter When he has a mission that he needs to fulfill An ex-convict Fate has handpicked With intuition Until The sword is our destiny Lay your hands on it just for a second And you'll see You don't want to mess with me I never figured I could be so scared of dynamite Never thought I'd run for butterflies It came for the ambience but stayed for the chance to have one more night I'm not so certain that I did it for the money and Not so sure I did it for revenge Who would have thought they could be so clever in this endless fight? It's just me here with you And some badass kung fu you may think that this is fun, but I'm an order of one. I never figured I could be so scared of dynamite. Never thought I'd run for butterflies. I came for the ambience, but stayed for the chance to have one more night. I'm not certain that I did it for the money, and not so sure I did it for revenge. Who would have thought they could be so clever in his endless fight? You ain't much of a man, man!